Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks is brought to you by two kinky poly babes on a mission to make sure you can be well-informed before diving into all things kink, dating, sex, and non-monogamy. We want to make sure this content can stay free and available for everyone who needs it. And with a little help from our listeners, we can do exactly that. Consider joining our Patreon for a monthly subscription where you can have access to our behind-the-scenes content, or you can make a small donation to our Ko-fi, where you can donate as little as $2 to make a huge difference. We greatly appreciate it. Are we doing this one first? Um, yeah, it's my toppermost paper, so yes. <laughs> toppermost. It's my top one. Probably also. Oh, did you bring another shirt? I didn't again. I did. You did? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll just be topless for the second one. Getting more Patreons. I'm just going to put my, like, Just put your blanket around you. Sli- uh, like a cloak. Oh. Sup, nerds? <laughs> Sup, nerds? I hope we don't get demonetized for that. Probably. <laughs> okay, you ready? Ready, ready? That's a face. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to Freaks, fucking Freezing Kinks and Geeks. Oh my. I would like to be the fucking Freezing Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks. Okay, I'll allow it. Yeah. I'm mostly just freezing. We're cold. Fucking freezing. And it's rainy today. I, yeah. Look, don't judge me if I just wrap open this. I'm cold right now. It's. I was born cold. Okay, let's be honest. <laughs> it's hard out here. It's not even getting to 50 degrees. Ugh. I'm just like a bird, and so now that it's not sunny, I'm just like, okay, dying. so sleep. I'm dying. I have to go to sleep. I must. I, I must be tired. I thrive on sunshine. I'm like a fucking plant. Yeah. I didn't even go out that much, but I'm still like, I need at least 10 minutes of sun a day. I go out a lot, and it, I hate this house. I hate it. I hate it. I need Where sunshine. I need the sunshine. Where do you go? Okay. Um, so, okay, phone. Having a moment. Um, so, this week, we are talking about how we publicly live in our lifestyles. Mostly because I won... Faced a lot of criticism when I decided to go public. I still face a lot of criticism, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but have been public now for two or three years. Yeah. Um, so just kind of wanted to share our experiences with how we went public, how we told our families, how we've handled it with our friends, um, how it's affected or not affected our business. Um, because I am a business owner, sidekick that runs. I also work there. Also work here. And so, yeah, that way, you know, I see a lot of questions in the poly groups of people wanting to know, well, how do you go public? How should I tell my family? Should I hide it? Do I need to hide it? So figure it's kind of a good topic to address. I agree. And just share what we've been through and how we handled it because... Some of it was a little gnarly for me. Some of it was great. Some of it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yes. Um, And maybe it'll give you an idea of how you could possibly do this in your own life. And what you can realistically expect going through it. Boom. Killing it. We're doing great. We're doing great. We're awake. We're doing great. We are awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm so alert. I'm so awake. I could run. I definitely could not use three more death coffees. I could... um, or meth. Well, I couldn't even load up a punchline. All right. <laughs> so, like we're buffering ourselves. I'm like, 
Um, you know, let's just jump right on in. So to start, how did we decide to be public and why? So I will speak for myself. No, you have to speak for me too. Good. Both. CJ will just be, I'm going to mime her. I, I, I'm a sub. <laughs> you put your hand behind my back and I'm just like. <laughs> Do a show. Do it. I'm the puppet. Um, I decided to be public. So when I first went non-monogamous uh, with my current partner, we, for the first probably year, tried to keep it private. I think we definitely have a lot of fears about being judged and ostracized and yeah, like I had a big fear of everything just kind of melting down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pretty soon after I started my business. So I think, and I think that's why a lot of people are worried about going public is that same exact fear of like everything around you kind of crumbling down. Yeah. Um, people judging you right now. Also, we didn't have back then, but we have it now cancel culture. So there's definitely a fear of going public and suddenly everyone jumping on the bandwagon of we hate you and you should burn at the stake. So we hit it for about a year. Um, decided to go public for a couple different reasons. I would say the main one is I just got tired of feeling like I was guilty of something Mm -hmm. and that I should hide it because it was wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think for me, hiding, there's a huge connection between hiding something and the correlation of guilt or wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was a huge thing. I didn't want to feel like I was doing something wrong or something shameful because I believed in it. I believe we were doing it the right way um, or trying to do it the right way. And secondly, was because... What really kind of pushed us over the edge was when a friend of mine saw Jay on a date. And bless her heart, did not know we were non-monogamous. We had not told a lot of our friends. And she thought he was cheating on me. And proceeded to, um, like, take pictures and eventually brought it up to me later. Um, she had your back, though. She had my back, and she I love like, that uh, for her. Uh, uh, She's not like, on my not watch. today, Not with Satan. my friends getting cheated on by their significant others. Yeah, so, and, and Jay wasn't mad, and neither was I. I thought it was really cute that, like, she was super protective. Um, and I told her what it was. Um, but that really kind of, I think, propelled us, propelled me especially to really push of, like, yeah, we just need to, let's just own it. Yeah. You know, we don't need to have all this drama. I don't want other people to think we're hiding it. I don't want people to come up to us if we are dating other people and being like, what are your dirt? Like, where we live is too small for that. Yeah. Way too small. Yeah. So that was kind of the reasons we decided, or I personally decided. I keep saying we. I need to stop doing that. But I know. Also, it's not like we. <laughs> it's her no. and Jay. <laughs> her and Jay. Yeah. But really, for myself, like, he and I both individually you know, decided to do this. So it's not like something that I could force him to do. And he actually took a little bit longer to go public than I did. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm more of like the jump off a cliff and hopefully fly on my way down to crash. (laughs) So yeah, that was, that's true. I mean, I would, I, um, when I became polyamorous, I was in a, a marriage. So I think it was mostly like, 
um, in, in the same way that like I use humor to talk about anything negative about myself too. It's like you're you're being the first to say it, so you're introducing the narrative, and it's a little bit of control over the narrative. So I didn't like make a post or anything about it. Um, but we did like select people who we wanted to come out to in our groups, um, and our friends, and then like, uh, you know, telling everybody close to us and then just, um, you know, I just started like posting memes and stuff about polyamory and then I started a podcast. So then I was like, well, there's no hiding that. So literally, especially if I want to get <laughs> listeners. So, you know, just do it from behind a curtain, like Wizard of Oz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't have any fun stories about somebody seeing me or my partner on another date, though. So That you know of. Well, nobody came to us and was like, hey, I need to tell you. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Yep. They, they write you now. They're like, I knew it. That's... Yeah. <laughs> and now it'd just mm-hmm. be like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, we're not together, so that's interesting. So, yeah, he should be with another person. So, yeah. Checks out. That checks out. How did we tell people... Um, well, I'm going to start because my answer piggybacks right off my last answer, which is I didn't really tell. I just like, did you tell, you told your mom though, right? I told my mom while I was getting divorced. And how did that go? Um, Or how did you handle that conversation? Well, I was very in a, I was very darkly lucky because I was, I had just lost my little brother. He died and um, I was also divorcing. So I had uh, a couple significant things happen very close to each other. So when I told my mom, I was able to kind of be in control of the narrative and say like, hey, this is it. I mean, do you want to lose a second child was essentially my whole deal. Like not to be rough, but it's like, if I can't be who I am in this relationship, then there's probably no relationship. So she was just like, okay. And that was, you know, that was it. And uh, I don't really give anybody who doesn't support it the space to talk about it with me. So I just told her as a statement. I don't really feel like we need to make, we need to add more energy into telling people like this whole like, thank you all for coming to my home. Um, you're probably asking, I'm wondering why I brought you all here. Like a reverse well, intervention? Because, yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I just because it's like it's it's not the most important thing about me like I, I just still feel like I'm in I you know I have many different parts of my identity so I just was like you know I could tell people about it pretty casually actually yeah do you feel like it's gotten easier like it's become less of a prominent thing yeah than I mean it used to be yeah for sure like definitely it started out as me feeling like everyone was going to stop being my friend so um, and I keep a close group of friends anyway, so, so I didn't really, like, lose anybody. I think, like, the biggest shift I felt was how I approached those friends and, like, kind of learning what we can and can't talk about and what they can and can't support me on. But, you know, for the most part, those friendships were intact. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would say friends, I kind of would tell them in conversation when it made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I did it super intentionally. I, there were a couple friends I did it intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it was just kind of like, hey, this is what I'm doing. If you have any questions, ask. What was it like when you were, like, telling those intentional people? Um, I mean, I think it was it was definitely a little intimidating, definitely kind of scary, because you weren't really sure what their reactions were going to be or what their questions were. Um... You know, I think, you know, and kind of the th- what we're going to talk about next is how to tell people who aren't supportive. That was definitely my parents mm-hmm. and my family. So 
something that my background and I, I guess I'll speak for are we CJ. To, are we jumping to the next question? Sort of. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, only because it kind of ties into telling my family, which they fall under the non-supportive category, unfortunately, at the mm-hmm. time. Um, so I come from a very religious background, a very Christian, Lutheran. Um, parents are big in the church. CJ also comes from a pretty, I would say, religious say it. background. Say it. <laughs> um, so that definitely tied in a lot to the unsupportive factor, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so telling people who weren't supportive, which were mostly our families, um, because of the religious background piece and where they were coming from, uh, that that was interesting to mm-hmm. navigate. For I sure. think you were coming from having like a more active relationship with your family. Like I was also like in the process of cutting off my family, and I only really had to quote unquote tell my mom. Yeah, we were, I'm trying to think back, everything seems like such a blur now, but yeah, we were, I was still pretty kind of disentangling at that time, but still kind of glommed in to an extent, mm-hmm. um, and I will kind of caveat this with, this was all done under the guidance of a therapist, so it's not like I just went wham bam, thank you ma'am, and figured all this out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, were you with your therapist at the time too when you told um I've been actively in therapy like yeah. I've never been out of it so did since she I kind was of did she give you an advice on how to tell them um no because it was in my sessions we were working mostly on the relationship okay um so this was done under I specifically talked to the therapist that we attend and she kind of helped give me advice so this was not something that we did or I did to be mean or anything like that but I will say the biggest piece in telling people is setting up boundaries before you tell them which is what we did with my parents I actually Mm -hmm. told my parents on my own because I knew that they were going to not take it very well Mm -hmm. Um, told them up front that I was going to tell them something that I was not open to questions or discussing it at that point because I knew things could get pretty emotional and heated Um, told them there were tears lots of tears uh, you would have thought I said I was dying, <laughs> which I wasn't. Uh, you also thought I was getting divorced. Like, Ooh, yeah, that happens a lot, especially yeah. if you're like doing this in an established relationship. Some people are like, what's happening in your relationship? Yeah. Is it over? They assumed like my relationship was bad. They assumed, I guess maybe I was getting, I don't know. It, it, yeah. There was a lot of tears, a lot of sadness, which for me, it was not a sad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did absolutely put up boundaries around not taking questions, not discussing it until I was ready. Um, and I really wasn't ready to discuss it for probably a year or so with them. Mm-hmm. Um, just to get some distance between. Well, cause they cried when you told them. So yeah, no full on cried. Um, so I would say the biggest thing is if you're going to tell someone who you think might not be supportive, setting up those boundaries mm-hmm. ahead of time, don't get sucked into an argument or a debate or some sort of emotional catastrophe. Yeah. I mean, I would even introduce it like, hey, I want to share this with you because this is an important shift in my life. Um, if you are open to questions, you can say you're open to questions. Um, you can also give a little guidance on how you'd like them to respond. So not like saying, I'm going to say this and you say this back, you know, but saying like, you know, if you want to say, uh, let me know how I can support you or let, you know, 
if there's anything I can do to help or, you know, treat conversations like that differently, let me know. But otherwise, and then also specifically saying I will not answer questions about whether this means I am, you know, my relationship is failing or anything like that or, yeah. So kind of giving the guidelines on what you would like to be said so everybody can follow along. Yep. And then keeping important boundaries for when uh, people are not following along. Um, be sh- ready to enforce le- walking away from that conversation. Being like, hey, if we can't have a civil conversation about this, I am going to leave. So either leaving the physical place or hanging up a phone call or cutting off a FaceTime call or whatever. Like, really be ready to just, like, cut it and then let them figure out their feelings about it. Yeah, and actually, my therapist told me to keep it short. Mm -hmm. She said, don't... She was like, just plan out maybe 30 minutes. Tell them, give them your boundaries, and tell them to talk about it later, and then go ahead and leave just because sitting there and, like... It almost seems like there's the temptation for them to, like, make you responsible for their feelings. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, well, now I have so many questions for you about this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you, Google is free. Yeah. Is there any questions you can ask Google? You know, the only questions that I'll answer is, am I happy? The answer is yes. Yes. Um, but other than that, a lot of people were very supportive. Yeah, I mean, typically, like, people who are more in the friend category were kind of like, oh, okay. Like, it was very, like... Yeah, even the people that I thought might not be because they were religious or I knew them to be a little bit more conservative. Not politically, don't don't be all... Don't start posting Biden-Trump mm-hmm. bullshit, but... Um... But more just conservative in, like, you know, just who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, Those people actually, especially the ones that have been married for a while, were like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) That was, that kind of commentary was a little weird for me, though, to be honest. Like, whenever they'd be like, oh, yeah, I always want it. Like, oh, my God, I I can totally see doing that. It's almost like, do you want to do that? Yeah. Well, and I I think after being married that long, you're kind of, I don't know. You've been through some shit. I'm never going to look into it. (laughs) No. That seems like that's making you very happy. Here's a joke. Let's move on. (laughs) So, you know, for the most part, I would say 98% of people have been supportive Mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah. Uh, The couple that haven't, I, you know, either they learned to get over it or we probably ended up not having a connection as much anymore. Yeah. I mean, it, it like... You'll see where it stands with the connection anyway, and you'll probably, if you're being honest with yourself, is like, yeah, I don't think we were that close. Yeah. In general. Losing them isn't too harsh. And I would say, you know, this is talking specifically, we've talked so far about the non-monogamy side, but there's also the lifestyle of kink and BDSM that, you know, at least for me is pretty prominent. Mm -hmm. Um, I never really announced that to anyone yeah I was uh, and what I had written as a note was like as opposed to like having any sort of announcement post or anything like that I just one day just started posting like memes and stuff about kink and uh and non-monogamy too I think mine probably came about from doing TikTok Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. TikTok started for me in early 2020 I think so yeah kind of by accident I made a video that started to take off and I went oh shit um and then started posting those videos, which were kink BDSM related on Snap and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so people started to realize it. And then obviously this podcast, which is everywhere. Um, Christian, conserve, 
everywhere. We're prudent here. Very, um, very prudent. Very private. Just, just friends. Just two prudes. Just talking about just life. two prudes. Just two prudes. Um, that kind of <laughs> that started. You know, everyone started That's seeing it podcast. that way. I'm two sorry. prudes of boobs. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like it. That's an iteration of my tired brain. It was like suddenly I was like two prudes with boobs. <laughs> Done. <laughs> um and that's that's how a lot of people were exposed to the kink bdsm stuff yeah i think it was like there was a lot of people resonating with your videos on tiktok and so it was like why don't why not share it with people in our community too and it you know kind of is in line with our life missions to just be open and yeah just be like this who we are boom yeah take it or leave it compatibility wise yeah we like to be authentic open so you know there it is so how's it been after we told people? After I we lost all public. my friends. No, I'm just kidding. Even me. <laughs> um, listen, there's a sh- there there is there there is a marked shift between like people who are engaging with my content. Um, it's like some of those people fell away and a kind of a new group was replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's people I can basically rely on them engaging with like my posts and things like that so yeah there was like a a comfortable set of people that I had been engaging with on like Facebook for example and Instagram and then some of those fell away some of them stayed with me um and then I found this uh hugely supportive group when we made the podcast page so it almost felt like we just flowed toward this avenue where it was like much more people are liking the content and accepting and love being there and things like that so I did move away from a place of people that weren't really jiving with that into a place of people that were. So it's like, yeah, technically there was a loss of people, mm-hmm. but like, I don't miss them now. I don't even remember their names. I just know, I just remember noticing a shift and I noticed it more with the people who are engaging with my stuff now. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm like, that oh, makes yeah, sense. this person, this person jumping in and they're usually posting a lot of the stuff that I would even repost too. So mm-hmm. we kind of create this little ecosystem of people who like healing and memes kind of created our own little community i guess yeah for sure essentially because well, we were really angry at not finding a community <laughs> yeah and feeling like everything like we do is out of spite super isolated yeah like that's if you're going to be in the lifestyle either non-monogamy or bdsm finding a community is huge yeah yes it huge is. huge it is so key big. it so is big. key to maintaining your fucking sanity yes yeah mm-hmm. um I will say after I went public, honestly, it was pretty cool. Like, it's been a really interesting journey. Um, you know, I do own a business. We have a lot of clients. Um, a lot of clients who follow me on Facebook, who have followed me on TikTok, who follow me on Snap, Instagram. I mean, I'm connected to our clients on many platforms. So, They all know about it. They all um, can see it. I don't hide it from my clients. I don't hide it from anyone. Um, I think the coolest part about it is how supportive some of them have been. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, and I know this happens with you a lot too, where you'll get like a message from somebody who's like seeing your post and they're very like, oh my gosh, like, thank you so much for posting about this. Like since me, since I started leaning into more of my like, yeah, just repost whatever like shit I like and things and speaking more on those things. um, I have had a couple people come forward and like thank me for being more vocal about those things, like specifically relationship healing and narcissist healing too. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so that has inspired me to keep putting that like information out there as well just because like 
if one person can identify that like, oh, this person's being a narcissist to you or like, oh, I'm, you know, yeah, I do need to pay more attention to my healing and take care of myself. Like that's super worth it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had a number of clients who I did not think would ever talk to me about, you know, kink, um, non-monogamy that have messaged me and said, you know, just because I've seen your post and I know who you are, I would love to get your advice or help. Um, that's been awesome because again, one of your biggest fears doing this is that you're going to lose everything, including your business. So I've honestly not had any clients approach me and be like, oh yeah, I'm out because you are living your life. Right. Yeah. If anything, I feel like it's attracted a number of clients who are like, oh, you're kind of fucking real and we can connect on the same things. Like I, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that everyone thinks everyone else is not doing this stuff. Right, yeah. Like, everyone else thinks, oh, well, I've done that monogamy, but I'm not going to tell anyone else because they've not done it, which is so not the case. Yeah. So not the case. Even amongst people who you would think would never do it. Um, Actually, um, I was talking to somebody who had, uh, they gave me the relationship history one way first, then they started listening to the podcast, and then they, like, listened to our episode about different types of non-monogamous relationships, mm -hmm. and then they were able to, like, redefine and re-understand relationships that they had in their past better. And I was like, yo, yay. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I, I truly have found that people, everyone is you know, no one's truly vanilla. Mm -hmm. It's very rare to find someone who's truly vanilla, who has not done any kink or BDSM. Um, a lot of people in relationships, um, at one point or another have tried some form of non-monogamy and that's even reflected in studies. I think it's upwards of like 75% or more at some point have tried it. Mm -hmm. So I promise you, if you were sitting in a room of friends, they're not all going to be like, oh, yeah, never heard of that. Never tried it. No idea what you're talking about. Uh, no. Nope. What did you say? Mm, How do you spell mm, that? Mm, mm, mm. So I think that's been the coolest part is just seeing that it's really way more common. It's just not talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, truly. people want to talk about it, too? Oh, they get so excited when they yeah. finally realize that you're open and not going to judge them. They get so fucking excited. Yeah. Yes. It's like Christmas. Yeah. And because for some people, that's the only place where they feel like they can talk about it without shame or guilt. Yeah. You know, like that's for them the first time. We're like, oh, wait, I want to talk about it. And then there's this like outpouring of everything. And I'm like, that's your whole life of kinks. You've had no friends through this. Yeah. 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 And a little scary because then you don't have those sounding boards and safety nets mm -hmm. to help. That's a safety thing to be open about your lifestyle. Truly. Yeah. Truly. Um, and just so you don't feel alone. Yeah, I was going to say it's, like, isolating yourself to not, like, have groups like that. So, that can suck. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think overall, I would say being public has been a positive experience for me. Yeah, for me as well. I don't know that I would ever go back to hiding it. How would I go back? I don't even know if I could. Yeah, <laughs> how, how would I do like, it? Hide it where? Where do you have <laughs> In it? Russia? Like, I would just have to cover it with something else. Yeah, I'd change my name, but, like, Ch yeah. who are change you? Change my identity. Yeah. Hello, everybody. I'm JC. <laughs> very, very no swift one will change. Ever know. Nobody will know. <laughs> uh, I already got the haircut, you know. You already got the TikTok I'm sound ready right. and queued up. Yeah. Nobody How will, are they going to know? Nobody will know. Not, What's my name going to be? Babrel? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to try to pronounce your name backwards, but I like Babrel. Backwards would be Lur. No. Lurpa. 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 
Lepa. 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 <laughs> yes. Definitely going to be Lerpa. Lerpa. Lerpa and JC. Billy, you're such a Lerpa. Got that Lerpin. Lerpas be Lerpin. I'm going to make that into a thing now. Make it a meme. You're the meme generator. I'm <laughs> the meme now. generator. That's what We're I do. We're doing memes now, guys. That's what I do. That's <laughs> what I do. Um, I don't know. What else What else would be helpful for people? It's this piece of information. If you were drawn to this episode title because you're thinking about going public, why not try it? And you can take baby steps. You don't have to, like, no, do this all out, huge... All at once. Just, just come out. Write it First in the sky. First of all, you walk out in a robe, and, then you, and it's like a new delusion suit, you know? And it's like, I am kinky. And just really come out like that. Like, there okay, definitely like should that. be an airplane with a banner. Yes! <gasps> Minimum. And you should be like, guys, guys, there's a UFO in the sky. Everybody runs outside, and they all look up, and it's just a sign that says, hey, I have been polyamorous now for t- two months, and I'd like all of my <laughs> close friends and family to know, and I love you so much. Please support me. Please do not ask me if <laughs> any questions. <laughs> it's just a really long marquee. <laughs> They're like, when does it end? The poor pilot's like, I don't even know if I can land at this point. I don't know if it's safe. I got 300 yards of... I can't do this. I have a whole just testament. It's, yeah. So anyway, if I could do it again, that's how I'd do it. What would I do? I would almost want to do like a baby reveal. Is there like a poly color or something? Oh, you could do like a poly flag cake or some shit. Oh, there you go. Mostly because I'm hungry. Nice. I would just, like, be doing my normal stories, and then, like, I would have it, like, written somewhere in the background very, like, obviously, but I would pretend not to, like, engage with it, where I'd be like, hi, guys, just making dinner, and then I'd, like, pan over to giant, like, you, you remember, like, when we were in school, we'd do the acrylic paint on, like, giant paper? Yes. <laughs> I would do that, you know? So I'm polyamorous now. Ah! Ah! My kinks are this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Here's description. That's just how, oh, my God, I'm gonna do all, redo all my, like, dating bio pictures like that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, please be cool. We should probably do an episode on being poly and kinky with kids. Um, but just quickly and briefly, you can actually still do this if you have children. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of, uh, there's actually studies out there um, showing the benefits of kids who have non-monogamous parents and who live alternative lifestyles i know so we might actually we might do a podcast on that i'd love to learn i know nothing about it i have no cheering okay we're gonna do the googles we're gonna do the the, you googlies um maybe that'll be an episode we do in the future but i I think the biggest thing let me me write it down am i right yeah (laughs) that you'll keep (laughs) that's why we have trillo Um, I think the biggest thing is just making sure people know that, yes, it is scary. It is definitely yes. terrifying. Yeah. It is terrifying and exciting to do this, but I have been rewarded being public about it more yeah. than I could ever have imagined. Yeah. And I'm, you know, on my end, I definitely hear myself speaking about it more casually, but I do know it was a huge, like, it felt like a huge theme of my life, like transitioning into this lifestyle, having to deal with just everything that comes with that in general. And then on top of that feeling like, Ooh, I'm so obviously this different person. What are my friends going to say? Like I had this fear of like, you know, people being like, Oh, well, if you love more than one person, then do you love me? 
Like, mm-hmm. you know how, like, people are worried about coming out yeah. and being gay is like, oh, well, that ain't, you know, that was my fear also. So I know I've downplayed it a lot. And I know I also just said, just be public. What's the matter? What uh, but yeah, it is definitely hard work. I think that's why the support in the community is so important because there's other people who are going through that too. And you can kind of like, you know, make new friends through that process and just really lean into it and know that you'll, you know, find your group. Find your group. Find you your will groups. not lose everything. You will not lose everything. It is okay. You will lose some things. And then definitely there, you know, people are going to have their thoughts, but just don't, don't ask about it. I have my thoughts about other people too. So. I've never been like, hey, I know you said you were accepting about me being polyamorous, but I noticed you're still monogamous. So you do really actually judge me. And can we not be friends anymore? <laughs> just let me know. Thanks. Thanks. Like for me, it's like if you're, you're not supporting me unless you're living my life exactly. <laughs> Unless you do all the same things. Or I do the same things. It's because you don't support me. You think I'm doing something wrong. It's funny when, like, your monogamous friends start to, like, have to come out as monogamous. That happened one time to us. That was so cute. I think that I already talked about this on the ever. podcast. Yeah. Aww. Him coming out as monogamous. Yeah. Oh. I was like, ah, how the tables had turned. <laughs> oh, he started dating somebody. And I was like, oh, that's so great. How's it going? He's like, well, we decided we're going to be monogamous. I was like, <laughs> so cute. That was cute. That that was very nice and I, I ah that was a cute thing. That was so cute. And I was like okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't othered. They othered themselves. <laughs> yeah, that was very nice. So as always, if you will give us some five star reviews, that would be great. Do it on Apple iTunes, which I remembered. That's the word for it now. Yes. You can leave us, you can also just leave a comment on our Facebook page or group page and say, I love the podcast. That would make me feel so nice. That would make VJ, VJ? I said I'm JC. I even put the, the, the bangs on the other VJ, side. VJ, apparently. VJ. Am I VJ or am I VJ? I don't know. It, yes. The Vagina Journals. <laughs> just out here creating new titles for all our podcasts. What was the other one? Two, Two prudes with boobs. Okay. That. That's a whole thing. Um, make sure you're also checking out our Patreon. Yes. We would love some more supporters. You do get behind the scene access. You get and behind we the scene episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we drop links there. We drop photos there. Not nudes. Calm down. Calm down. Just regular photos. Just regular photos. Jesus Christ. People's not only fans. Um, so yeah, check that out. As little as like three bucks a month, you can be a Patreon. You get some extra benefits. You can buy us a Kofi. You can buy us a Kofi. Right now, I'm freaking cold, so that sounds nice. Even really though it's not like a physical you to buy thing. Me a coffee. By the time you're watching this, it'll be too late to get me the coffee. But if you're still thinking about it, I always love coffee. So yes. And then in the show notes, you can actually also send us a voice message if you have a question that you want us to answer or play on the podcast. So. Other than that, I think we good. I think we're good, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks. Oh, freezing my. Okay, what's the uh, preview for this?